Everybody to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. My name is Rodney E. I'm the PG of our little podcast team here. Boys, good to be back. How are you? Oh, I'm great, mate. Yeah, no, what a time of year. There's, uh, you know, playoff basketball in the NBA. There's playoff basketball in the NBL. It's great. I love this. Frank, how are you, mate? Good, man. Good, man. Fucking enjoying the first round playoffs. It's good. It's been pretty competitive, except for... The fucking bulls, but uh, you know, life goes on. They've had their moments. At least they won a game. Well, yeah, that that was uh, a bit surprising. But um, game three was fucking fairly shit, and then uh, this morning's results. Yeah, it's just like, yep, yeah, bulls are back to how they play. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, go around the playoff bracket in uh, in just a sec. Why don't we just jump straight into uh, hero and zero? A hero or zero. What did you guys think of the the sting for that? Oh, I thought it was good. Yeah. Thumbs up. <laughs> I just slapped together whatever I could find. It sort of works, I guess. Unless I can think of something better, I'll uh, leave it at that. Yeah, Frankie, why don't you go first, mate? So my hero of the week goes to Paddy Mills for fucking winning the NBA Sportsmanship of the Year. Well deserved. Carry on from the Olympics. Open his arms back up to Ben Simmons when he got traded over. Just the gentleman of the NBA. Good guy. Great player. Great to see that he got recognised for it. So, fucking, he's my hero of the week. I love Paddy Mills. I think it's it's been made pretty obvious on the podcast here, our admiration for him. Unfortunately, he hasn't helped his team much this week. No, well, they're fucked. <laughs> yeah, they've they got problems that uh, maybe that are beyond even the powers of Paddy Mills, I think. You might be right. You might be right. Anyway, and uh, the zero of the week goes to the Warriors fans. Okay. They have given a nickname to Jonathan Kaminga. His nickname is called the Cum Bucket. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I had heard that. That was oh, clear. Oh, I, that's fucking, uh, man, I've got to say, that's fucking great. <laughs> Think about that. The fact that it's just like so inappropriate almost that it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, oh. and that you can, you know, the way it's done, you can sort of just. Openly just say it. He's the cum bucket. Yeah. The coom bucket. Well, he's com- c- his name is said Kuminga, not Kuminga. Or is it said Kuminga? <laughs> oh, yeah. Kuminga. Kuminga. Is, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, oh, no, I'm not good at pronouncing things, so. I'll, I'll be a bit crass and I'll say it rhymes with uh, Kamina. College <laughs> <laughs> jokes there, there would have been there, or high school jokes there would have been there with his last name. Probably none. That's yeah. Um, he's the cum bucket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to say anything more about that. It's just like, oh, fuck. Do you reckon he you. likes the nickname? Oh, man. If we can get some comments about that, that'd be great. But uh, I don't think he's going to comment on that. I'd love to find out whether he actually is in favour of being tagged with that alias. I'd love to hear that chant getting around the stadium. <laughs> Let's go, cum. Let's go, cum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it just gets worse every time you say it. All right, pretty, pretty good, Frank. Um, uh, Manny, why don't you go? Uh, why do you go with yours, mate? Well, uh, I did have a few for this, but at the last second, I've changed it. All right, because You've swerved. I've, I've swerved, yeah, because well, we talked a little bit about our southeast Melbourne Phoenix and uh, their massive uh, collapse in the NBL season this uh, year. 
Yes. But um, there was some – I mean, and I thought it was – I thought that the the top four for the NBL was locked. I thought it was basically there was no chance of it changing. But it came down to the final seconds yeah. of, of the match last night between the Phoenix and my much-hated Perth Wildcats. Now, people know who know me know I hate all Perth sports teams. Yep. Especially the Wildcats. The Red Army over there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I loathe them. Fuck. and. Uh, for for reasons, you know, maybe I won't get into the reason. Well, you know, you know, I will. Uh, I hate Perth because. <laughs> God, what year was it? Was it the '93 finals? '93 NBA uh, NBL finals? '94? I can't remember. It was the year where Leonard Copeland won the finals MVP and went off in Game Three uh, in Perth, and the Tigers, Melbourne Tigers, win the NBL championship. And while Andrew Gaze is making his uh, his speech, you know, like at the end when he gets the trophy, the fucking crowd just starts relentlessly booing him. Like, I don't know how old I was there. I was, I was young. There are a bunch it, of cunts over there, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it stuck with me. And ever since then, I hate everything from Perth. I hate anyone from Perth. You've got to- <laughs> if someone says that, you know, I'm, oh, I'm going to Perth for a holiday, I say, well, we, well you're a cunt. Um, <laughs> for wanting so I, to go there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I hate Perth. Anyway, final minutes of the game last night between the Phoenix and the Perth Wildcats. Perth Wildcats have been in the finals in the NBL for 31 years straight. 35. 35 years, is it? 35 years straight, which is probably the longest anywhere in the world, right? I think it, it does hold some sort of – yeah, they do hold – they were holding some sort of record, yeah. Yeah, so the game goes to overtime, and if Perth loses, they're out of the finals, basically. So it goes to overtime, and the I think the Phoenix end up winning by six or seven points, and it was just so good. So they're my zero, first of all. I'm not doing this out of order. Perth Wildcats are the, are the zero, yeah. So they're- Perth Wildcats, you win uh, the zero of the, the zero of- because yeah, because you, you lost. No yeah. bunch of no good fucking dickheads uh, <laughs> can suck it's shit. Too, and- too long, so get fucked, Perth. <laughs> Your fucking coach uh, shares a name with our fucking uh, infamous prime minister as well. I mean, yeah. Scomo's failure has extended to the basketball court in Perth. Yeah. Huge red flag when you're looking for a coach. Yeah. <laughs> right there. But yeah. So that uh I was really, really happy. Like it was kind of like the grand final for the Phoenix. Like you could see, like they've been listless for the second half of the of the Nothing season. Else. Maybe we can get into that later when the when the NBL finals are over. But uh just a, a, a monumental collapse by the Phoenix. Absolutely. But this in this last game they were playing with grit, with vigor. It's up to play for. Yeah, they really wanted to put them out. <laughs> they really wanted to put them out and <laughs> They did. It went to overtime, and it was just a really a, a great basketball match to watch. And then, especially with the result, to see them lose, that was great. So they're the zero. But the hero on the flip side is the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, who in their first season now get into the finals, which in Australian sport it's unheard of almost. Pretty well. Well, I think that the, didn't the Storm they might have done something. Did they win the NRL in their first season, or am I mis- not remembering that right? Look, it was either the first or it was very early after they'd been. Yeah. Implemented into the league. Traditionally, expansion teams, especially in the NBL, are shitful for their first fucking <laughs> 10 years, five years, whatever. They get into the finals in their first year in a, in a monumental effort, coached 
extremely well. Got really a lot of support behind them there in Tasmania. They've got a couple of good players there uh, that are really uh, have exceeded expectation and they really play together and play defense together really well. I was really pleased to see the Jack Jumpers, even though the name's shit, to get into the final. So they are my hero in a long... Sorry, I, t- I took ages to get to that. <laughs> That's all right. That's fine. Yeah, Scott Roth, the coach there, for, uh, former NBA journeyman Scott Roth. <laughs> yeah, and uh, probably a shoe-in for coach of the year, right? He has to. I mean... yeah. He's exceeded all expectations as well. I don't think anyone had him in the top four, you know, doing season. No. Uh, Corey Homicide-Williams, I think, did it the very start of the year. He said that they're going to the finals. And he looks like a fucking j- – because pretty much all of his predictions are rat shit. Yeah. He's <laughs> he, he looks like a fucking genius now. Yeah. Well, um, you know, Jack Jumpers play a pretty – Cool style basketball too. They shoot a lot of threes, which is sort of different for the NBL as well. Yeah. It's working for them. Good on them. Great defense. They play lockdown defense. Interestingly put together roster, I would say. Yeah, they lost Magne too, which everyone thought would hurt them a lot more than it has. Yeah. To be brutally honest, he probably hasn't had the season that everyone thought he would. I think he... He comes back a bit better next year, hopefully, for their sake. But at the moment, looks like they don't need him. They're in the top four, playing top final. Top four. Yeah, and they're going to play against uh, Melbourne United, and I really hope that they win. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope they keep riding that wave all the way into the NBL finals. Go yeah, Jack Jumpers. That would be a fantastic story, man. I'd love to see that. That'd be great. Bunch of heroes on that team. Absolutely. What do you got, Rod? I'm going to keep my... Heroes and zeros in the NBA. I'll start off with my hero. A little bit obviously, it's Peyton Pritchard. He's, yeah, he's played yeah. well. Who's Peyton Pritchard? Well, he's a guy that looks like you and me, and he just runs out onto a basketball court and hits shots whenever it's required. And he's been doing it through this whole series for Boston against Brooklyn so far, and through the final stages of the season as well. He was playing the same role coming off the bench, being really super efficient and hitting shots, playing gritty defense. The guy's just impressive. I reckon he got us over the line. He did. He had that. He had a really impressive stretch there for a bit. Especially in uh, game three, he, he, he just came out and hit a bunch of shots and it looked like the Nets couldn't guard him. It looked like no one could get near him. He's yeah, no, that's true. He's coming to his own. It's the CC is for sure. He's a guy who's exceeded expectations as well. You know, no one really – we haven't seen a lot of him this year because he's been a little bit injured and played spot minutes. You know, his role is – you know, he's a third-string guard probably coming off the bench. But I reckon he could be working his way up into a permanent backup role to smart there on the Celtics. And I'm just super impressed with him. It's hard not to be impressed with everything the Celtics are doing at the moment, especially Peyton Pritchard, especially yesterday when we were watching uh, – Game three, I think he really made a difference, you know, coming out there. Just hitting big threes in the eye of uh, Kevin Durant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Fuck you, Kyrie. He an impressive performance from top to bottom, really, from from the Celtics. Made all the more impressive by the fact that in the first half of the season they couldn't have looked any worse. Really, what a, what a turnaround! Uh, the front office, I think, of the Celtics really deserves a lot of credit. And he deserves all the credit. And it made me look like an idiot too, because I said, "Break the team up. That's it. They're done." Yeah, it was the same as well. Try, try everyone, but they didn't. They they just made a tweak. They had a few tweaks, and so what what tweaks they were with uh, White, the addition of, of Thies. Guys that add chemistry and character to your team and then just putting the team in the hands of the defensive player of the year and just saying, all right, mate, this is, it's your go now. This is your go. Take, lead the team. He's played a lot better this year, been given more responsibility. Yeah. One guy to run the team. Yeah. Uh, 
And you can see the trust has been built there with the rest of the guys, not only this year, from previous seasons playing together as well. He's the longest tenured Celtic. I think he's eight seasons. The people that were calling for Marcus Smart to get traded? Yeah, I mean... been a bad, bad move for the Celtics if they had moved him on. But then again, I'll, full disclosure, I was saying, fucking, you got to trade fucking Brown. Oh, man. You got to trade. Like I was like, I was like everyone else and saying... Break it up, but no, they stuck with it, man. And look at look at look at the tight, cohesive playoff unit that have got going now. That are probably going to get close to the finals, man. Yeah, they got a good chance. Good chance, like as good a chance as anyone now. Like it is very oh, even. For sure, they're they're definitely one of the favourites in the East now. They're playing as good as anyone, maybe the best out of anyone. Yeah, and and relatively healthy now. We've seen a few injuries happen with other teams, so that's, uh, you know, there's nothing to say that couldn't happen to the Celtics for whatever reason, but let's hope not. I almost had that as as the zero, the NBA injuries, but I won't do that. I'm going to single out Carl Anthony Towns. (laughs) (laughs) This dude here, right? I watched a bit of the Memphis-Minnesota yesterday. This guy, man, is arms and legs all over the shop. It's like no one's ever shown him what fundamental defense is. He had to have (laughs) Anthony Stewart and Patrick Beverly in his ear most of the game saying, dude, stand up straight. Get your arms out. You know, like just all those fundamental things that you learn as a frigging nine-year-old playing basketball. And he get you know, he's all up in arms about fouls being called on him. Now, it's frustrating for me because when you see it from a referee's perspective, you just know what he's doing wrong. And he just doesn't seem to adjust it. And people don't seem to get that about all the NBA referees are doing. And, and I'm not saying they're great referees. I've got my own criticisms of the NBA refs. How the players respond, and I think Towns is a really good example of this, how the players respond to refs in the NBA is deplorable. Sometimes it is, yeah. No, you're right. It is, man. They they carry on way too much, and it's tolerated uh, way too much. Yeah, they need to change some rules in the NBA. We talked about the take foul last, but they need to do an AFL crackdown, like an AFL type crackdown on ref dissent. You can see the effect it's having in the AFL. I mean, people listening to this, I probably don't know anything about the AFL, which is the Australian Football League Aussie Rules Football. It's full contact, physical game, a lot of emotions, and this season. They are not even allowing the players to have outstretched arms when talking or conversing to the umpire in the game. They've totally just said, look, none of the, anything that can be considered dissent is not allowed anymore and it will be penalised. And you can see that like the players, yeah. are just, they're thinking about doing it and then they pull their heads in when they realise, yeah. oh, no, I'm going to cop it for that. So, you know, this has gone on way too long. And, and look, Doncic, he's, he's another one. He's yeah. In a yeah, red. man, he's one of the worst at it. Um, but it's not just those guys either. It's a lot of NBA players. You see them constantly. I mean, Marcus Smart, he's another one who's yeah. in the ear of the ref. These guys tolerate way too much. They've just got to start saying, look, when we make a call on you guys, it's because we need you to adjust what you're doing. That is the fundamental reason behind referees making a call in a basketball situation. They want something adjusted. They've seen something illegal and they need it adjusted. If if the player doesn't adjust, the foul is called again. Carl Anthony Towns, man, when was game four? Was was game four today or was that yesterday? I don't think I saw the result of that. Who won? Minnesota won. Minnesota ended up winning in the end. So yeah. that's two two now, right? That's is that two two? Yeah. 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 That's, that's surprising. I've got to say that, that that result, this series has been a lot closer than what I thought it would be, considering that the T Wolves are such an undisciplined team. Defensively, offensively, Charles Barkley put it perfectly. These guys are fucking dumber than rocks. 
They're so undisciplined <laughs> on the defensive end and the offensive end. And it's concerning that, I mean, you talk about Carl Anthony Towns, uh, his many problems. One of his biggest problems is he fucking disappears just for fucking whole games. Often because he's in foul trouble and he yeah. feels, oh, I can't do anything now because I failed. You know, it's like- yeah, and he's rooting around on the outside. You've got a fucking seven-foot guy fucking shooting three-pointers out there. It's ridiculous. Uh, he disappeared in the playing tournament game. He disappeared in game two, I think it was, as well. I mean, you can't trust the guy. He's not reliable, really, out there on the basketball floor. Not He's not a typical five. He's not a typical center. You know, he yeah. wants out to the three-point line, Chris Anstey style, and just fling away. And then they lost that. What was a 25, 26-point lead, which was – that was fantastic to watch, but that's – if you're a T-Wolves fan, that is just oh, fucking heart-shattering. Oh. Let's just jump straight into a bit of a, a playoff recap, the games that have happened so far. NBA. Playoffs? Recap. Playoffs? You kidding me? We're talking about Memphis and Minnesota. Series tied 2-2. Did Memphis win it or? I think they um, win it, but this I have to admit this has been a, a lot fucking closer than what I thought it would be. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think I think people don't have a lot of faith in the T-Wolves holding a lead like we saw in Game 3. Memphis ate up a 26-point lead or something. So even when they get up in games, it's it's yeah, it comes down to that last quarter, clutch moments. Crunch time, whatever you want to call it, Minnesota don't seem to handle that well sometimes. The Grizzlies, maybe you can see a little bit of their inexperience right now. Right. They're a bunch of young guys too. Bain was particularly good. Desmond Bain yeah. hit a lot of lot of shots. But their usually good defense has been a little bit uh, – had some holes in it. Well, they haven't been able to play Adams much, have they? Because – No. Getting run off the court, he can't quite keep up with the pace of the game. Yeah, but the screens he sets and probably the, his offensive rebounds are something that they miss a lot. Well, you only, you only played, you didn't even play four minutes last game. Yeah, which is surprising. I probably would have given him another chance. No, nah, it didn't last long. <laughs> I game. said trade Jalen Brown, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think a lot of people said that, though. Uh, you certainly wouldn't have been alone in your opinion there. I was shouting that from the rooftops for a good little while there. Another series that's 2-2 is Dallas and Utah. There was a game yesterday for that as well, or today? Yesterday. It was yesterday, right? Yeah, and Utah won. Yeah. Just. Dallas um, put Luca out there. Did I hear that right? Or yeah, he played. He did play, did he? I didn't see the game. I saw the highlights on Sports Center. I saw that they won in the last few seconds on an alley oop to Goober Gobert. <laughs> oh, big goober. Big, the big, the big gooby, and uh, yeah, so they run by the skin of their fucking teeth. I don't know. This is a, this is an interesting one because I think I'm not sure who's going to win this one. Everyone was saying Utah is done. Their body language looks terrible. The optics don't look good on court. Yeah, like they don't look like they're frustrated with each other. They look like they're fucking the competitive spirits maybe gone a bit. On the other hand, you've got the Mavs who have everything to prove, but are a bit of a fucking well, you know, man. I don't really rate them that their roster that much, to be honest with you. You got to say Brunson, you know, he's he's been massive the last couple of games, and who would have thought they would have been fucking two one up with Doncic out? No one would have called that. They would, yeah, that's true. You, you yeah. touch, you know, should have won those games, and then they bring him back and they lose. They bring Doncic. Yeah. I can lose game four. So do Utah prefer to play Dallas with Luca? Well, maybe they're easy to read with because you know where the ball's going. Well, it's, he's going to have it 30% of the time. You know that. Yeah. I mean, so you know exactly where the ball's going, so that makes it easier, a bit easier for them defensively. I mean, Utah has to have – they have to have Clarkson come off the bench and fire, and that's what he did. He had, he had 25 points. 
So they need that other scoring option besides from fucking Mitchell because, you know, outside of Mitchell, I mean, Conley hasn't played himself and fucking Bogdanovich is sort of a bit all over the place. So they need that other offensive spark and Clarkson to come in off the bench. And if you can put those, you know, put up those points, then uh, they're in with a big chance. They make a mistake getting rid of Ingles, Frank? Yeah, I think they did. If if he didn't get injured, I think he would have been a, a massive help. Yeah, in the short term, though, was it a mistake? Like, he wasn't playing this season. The window for this team is this season. Utah is done after this season, basically. I think, like, yeah. once they fucking get inevitably lose in the playoffs, this team's getting broken up, for sure. Are they going to lose this round? Are they going to get beat? Not sure. This is going to be close. This, I think this this will be close, I think. Uh, fucking Utah's just running off muscle memory, basically. I mean, they just look like they're fucking just, you know, Autopilot. Autopilot. Like, don't care. That Like, they're definitely not going past the second round, though. No. Doesn't seem likely, yeah. I'd still take the Mavs in this series. I just think Utah implode at some point. It just doesn't look like they even want to play. I prefer the Mavericks, man, because at least they're fucking giving it a red hot crack, you know what I mean? Even though they are a bunch of average players. <laughs> Other than Doncic and... Maybe Din Dinwiddie and uh, Brunson. Hardaway, maybe. Yeah. Hardaway's not going to play in the season, uh, in the series, is he? In terms of talent, though, I'm talking about. In terms yeah. of like, yeah. yeah, yeah, Dallas for me in that one as well. What about um, Warriors and Denver? Warriors are up three one in that. I saw a stat just before on the NBA broadcast. Teams down three one win five percent of the time. Warriors. We don't even need to really talk about this. <laughs> nah, War- Yoke, Yoke Warriors. He'll win MVP still, but his team is done yeah. for the playoffs. Yep, no, and no support for him. He can't do it all or himself in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Warriors should get through easy. I think game four of Phoenix and New Orleans is today. Yeah. Have you got that in that one, Frank? Yeah, Phoenix. I'll go Phoenix. The way that fucking Chris Paul's playing, he's been playing off. He's been playing really well. Other players are, are stepping up with, with, uh, with Booker's absence, so um, I think Phoenix will win this. I almost had him as as hero because the way he played in that last quarter in Game 3, he literally just wrestles the game away from the other team. I think in the last 100 minutes he's played or whatever, zero turnovers. Yeah, 28 ass- yeah tw- something like 28 assists or zero turnovers in the last two games. He's the point guard. Point guard, yeah, Chris Paul. So yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I just hope he doesn't get injured. Let's hope that they don't incur anything else. Yeah. Like that Booker is already looking doubtful for at least the rest of this series. And yeah, maybe- they, they need to win and they need to, like, Chris Paul just only needs to play 15 minutes. You know what I mean? That's the perfect scenario for Phoenix. They're going to win. They're my tip as well. My, although I, I admire the Pelicans' gumption. I think that they have, you know, they haven't just fucking made up the numbers. No. They didn't just, they didn't know they've, they've done all right. There's hope for them next season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Frank, I'm going to throw over to you for Milwaukee, Chicago, Milwaukee, lead 3-1. What do you got to say about that, mate? Ugh, fuck me. Um, look, first two games, Bulls actually played pretty well defensively, which they haven't done since the start of this year. If they shot well or be- a lot better in game one, they we could have been up 2-0, but we didn't. Game two... They played the best, but the only problem about that game was they re- relied way too much on DeRozan. DeRozan was hitting these fucking crazy shots with Giannis fucking defending him, and you know he's got seven foot three wingspan. And you know if we're going to rely on DeRozan hitting these fucking shots all the time, we're not going to get far. And it's 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 shown. The Bulls really need Levine to be efficient and and Vucevic as well. You know on the offensive end to I think be able to match what Milwaukee 
can do. Milwaukee have lost Chris Middleton to an MCL. MCL uh, sprain, yep. Not looking good for him for probably at least a couple of weeks. Still rolling along against Chicago, aren't they? Yeah, they're playing really well. Every like fucking even Grayson's been playing well. Portis has stepped up. It's um most punchable face in the NBA, Grayson Allen. Yeah, so they're they're hitting their stride. They're they're starting to play really well, which uh I think, I think that they can absorb that loss, Middleton's loss. I think that they can cover that probably better than any other team can, like if they lost their second best player. I think so too, yeah. I, I think that they can cover that pretty well. This whole series has been like the one place where Chicago can really you know, like hammer home an advantage is in the middle with Vucevic. And I don't think he's done that, man. And he's probably – how would you rate his season overall? <sighs> Hasn't been too bad. He's, dro- he's dropped off a little bit from last season. But saying that, you know, he's had DeRozan come in, which has taken some of his offensive – that's a way. It's shown that uh, with these addition of these other players, um, it's shown that defensively he just doesn't cut it for the Bulls. Doesn't give him a lot of defense. No, he doesn't. He's not an inside presence for a big guy. No. No. And, and the thing is, we had Lonzo Ball and Caruso on, you know, they're great perimeter defenders. They, yeah. When teams got past them, they could just take it straight to the rim and there was fucking – Veach couldn't do shit about it. Tristan Thompson's not going to fix that for Chicago either. No. Nah. He- he he He's was pretty- he was a quick fix just while Patrick Williams was you know out injured but you know Williams is back he actually played well today he got twenty and ten uh, so that's great to see you know he needed to step up and you know being a twenty year old it's like you know you don't expect too much of him um, Kobe White has done fuck all this playoff so you know full seasons is done yeah they're gonna fall short probably more you'll get through in the first round there but is there hope for the future Frank for the Bulls though is there or do they need to do something in the off season or should they stick with this roster that they got. Are they going to move Vooch? Are they going to move? Yeah. Is, yeah. I think so. It's his, it's his last year on his contract next season. And I think with, you know, it showed with Ball and Caruso being for a long period of time, we need that big guy in the middle who can fucking rebound. Um, can say shots and virtue, which isn't that guy. There's going to be a bit of a, a roster shakeup. We need more jump shooters in in this team for sure to spread the, spread the floor out. A young guy who can roll, who can sort of get busy in the paint offensively and defensively. And what's his name from the Nets, who apparently is gettable in a trade? Uh, the young bloke, you know, he's a he's a bit of a beanpole. Um, Claxton? Claxton. Claxton. Yeah, apparently he's gettable. He's definitely available. And I thought, I think that sort of guy, you know, he's young, he's raw, he's going to make mistakes, but he's going to get busy in the paint for you. He's going to, you know, be a target in the paint. That's exactly what the Bulls need. I'd be going after him as soon as the season is finished. Well, the Nets are likely to clean house a bit after Boston sweep them out of the playoffs, aren't they? They're yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, clean a few things out. And I almost had Steve Nash as zero because... Yeah, it hasn't been good for him, has it? <laughs> disappointing, Steve Nash. Like, he is getting shown up. Yeah, Durant has really covered up his shortcomings for the past two seasons. Everyone was praising him during the season, praising Nash. Yeah. Oh, he's a coach of the year uh, in consideration, the way he's got this team play. What? No, it hasn't been great. And when you've got the goat out there covering up your mistakes, you know, you look like a fucking genius with Durant out there most of the time. Boston are going to win this, right? They're going to, you reckon, force yes. I think that they'll probably get a game. Look, when you've got Curry Irving, and just, you know, it's like the Bulls uh, where DeRozan just went fucking mental. Durant's going to have a game where he just fucking goes nuclear. You'd think, but the way Boston have, just going to say, they've bullied him on. Yeah. On defense, they've, they've, they've knocked him around. They've shoved him off his line. They've done the little, you know, niggled him and yeah. 
They've done a fantastic job, better than anyone ever before, man. But I just think that he's too good of a player to be held down for four games, five games straight or whatever. So, Well, Nash um, hasn't got him into any action that has allowed him to get free. Of well, the that's team. what I mean. They're like, he, he's just going out there, man, and balling. Like, just on his own. He was turning the ball over a lot yesterday. Durant had another six. He's he's had back-to-back games with six turnovers. I don't know if we can all put this on Durant, though, because he without him, they're not even in the fucking play, the playing tournament, and they're not getting into the playoffs at all without him. I absolutely agree with that. What I'm saying is, it goes back to my point, just saying that Nash hasn't put him into any action that's allowing him to get yeah. shots up. You know, it's all on Kevin to figure it out himself. It's like, what? Hasn't yeah. he done enough for you guys? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've really – it's yeah, he's really pushing shit up a hill. Come on, Steve Nash. Yeah. Do no, that. You're right. I, yeah, fine. I think, I, think, I think Nash is going after, the, after this. I think, Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. What do you reckon, me. Frank? You think Steve Nash lasts past this season if – well, once the, uh, the Nets lose the series? Oh, I think he's he, – he'll be on for another year. I don't think he's going anywhere yet. With the injuries that they had – and then, you know, they've still got Ben Simmons to come in. I think they're going to give him another year just to see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, they were they were up the top of the Eastern Conference for, you know, a little while. So it shows that they were getting something right. But, um, but yeah, I think he'll, he'll stay for another year. I, I don't think he lasts. I think uh, this is embarrassing for them. Nash has really shown us nothing. Like he's done. He's been outcoached. He's been outfoxed at every moment, basically, in the series so far. I mean, it's not over yet, but. When yeah, I man. saw Blake Griffin trot out there yesterday, yeah. he stood up and started clapping. Oh, great move, Nash. Great yeah. move, Blake Griffin. is going to save you. And when you see uh, the Hornets coach, who I think is a good coach, like he did a lot with not very much, Berege, who just got fired for for reasons, <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> well, then I'm like, man, he would fit in well. I get that guy to the Nets and then put a roster together that isn't just three people. Yeah, I think they'll be looking for a new coach after they lose to Boston. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out, man. The series isn't over yet, but uh, Celtics are winning that one. No one's ever come back from 3-0, so it's never happened. Not possible. Until now. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant scores 89 points yep. in the game. <laughs> That's probably what it will take. Or for Kyrie Irving to fucking, like, you know, do something. Yeah, he's been surprisingly quiet, especially down the stretch in Game 3. Yeah, I, I guess he is observing Ramadan. I did see at one point that he uh, they told him in the middle of a game, they said, oh, it's sundown now. So he quickly ran to the locker room and got bananas, got some food, and was eating during the game. <laughs> eating a banana, yeah. Eating a banana. Yeah, I mean, there is that. Uh, I don't know how much that's detracting from, from him playing basketball or anything. Yeah, it's another thing yeah. that is distracting him from trying to win a game. Boston, just too good. What about uh, Philly and uh, Toronto? Unfortunately, Embiid looks like he's going to need surgery on his thumb, Frank. Is that, is that what you What were? a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's going to play through the rest of the, you know, the rest of the playoffs. But um, after that, he's going to require surgery to repair a ligament in his right thumb. Well, it's um, it's James Harden time then, right? James Harden's just going to go nuts here and finish off the series for him, isn't he? Yeah, he hasn't stepped up though. Uh, I mean, it's it has been embed all this whole season, so it's uh, yeah, Harden hasn't changed. Could Toronto come back then, Frank? 
Uh, they've played consistently well the whole season, but I don't think um, they don't have that, uh, you know, that franchise player at the moment. So they might steal another game, but Philly wins in the end. I agree with that. What I found interesting in this series, though, is Embiid was giving Nick Nurse crap for complaining to the referees. And then as soon as... <laughs> the 76ers lose a game he's complaining to the referees at fucking it's so late like he'll probably get fined for that right like he was walking off the floor sarcastically applauding the referees and then gives a hugely sarcastic press conference afterwards where he was giving it to the referees it's it guy's a bit of a fucking hypocrite at the very least <laughs> i find it difficult to take a lot of what Embiid says seriously he doesn't seem to be taking anything seriously himself too much. Yeah. I mean, this is a, he's a guy who's pretty full of himself who hasn't really done much. You know what I mean? Like uh, in his career, I mean, he went, he'll probably go close to an MVP. He might even win the MVP this nah, season, but I don't reckon he wins his it. teams have done nothing and he's been injured for half the, half his fucking career. Why are you, why? So, you know, why are you mouthing off, mate? Yeah. What makes you so uh, bullish about your. Do something and then you can, you know, talk shit, back it up, man. And he's got Doc Rivers as a coach. <laughs> yeah. Probably the biggest overrated coach in the history. Well, it's 3 1 that series now. Philly's still leading, of course, but we know what's happened with Doc in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scenario, so I wouldn't. Who care. will they play? If they win, who will they play? Miami or Atlanta. Yeah, and that's Miami. <laughs> well, it doesn't yeah. look like Atlanta are going to win. That game's actually on now as we record this, but it should be. I mean, I, I watched a few minutes of the second quarter and um, John Collins was passing the ball in after Miami made a basket, literally just passed it to Jimmy Butler. He jumped up in the air and grabbed it and scored. And just yeah. based on that one play, I'm just like, yeah, nah, this Atlanta aren't going to win this series if they're making mistakes like that. I mean, where, where's your head at if that's happening? Atlanta's got their problems, man. They can play well in stretches, and then they seem to fall apart very easily this season, whereas last season they seemed to have really good chemistry. Everyone was really together. Doesn't seem quite the same this year for them. Done well to make it into the playoffs. They're not going to topple Miami in that series. That's pretty much where we're at to date. Frank, what else you got? I'm oh, just going to say a bit of a score update. Five minutes, 38 left in the fourth quarter, and Miami up by 21. Okay, well, I think we can probably pencil that in for Miami. They're going to go 3-1 up. So 76ers versus Miami uh, will be intriguing. Yeah, providing Philadelphia actually get out of that series. I don't well, think- I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think they do. Like uh- James Harden hasn't played, like he's not carrying no team to a, f- he doesn't have a good record. But uh, Embiid's still out there, I think even with a, busted up hand, he's enough to probably get past Toronto. Toronto don't really have anyone to stop Embiid. Yeah, but Butler versus the 76ers versus his old team, you know, it's going to be a good matchup. I think uh, maybe it won't be a good matchup, but it'll be really good to see the 76ers get fucking thrashed. Should be spicy. <laughs> yeah. Should be a spicy meatball, that one. The, yeah, yeah, it definitely should be. Uh, Adebayo versus Embiid. That'll be a good matchup. Two of the best centers in the NBA. Yeah. Definitely. All right, guys, uh, what do you reckon we cut it there? Yeah, mate, I think we've covered it all. We have covered it all. Yeah, we, we've done some work there. And, yeah, like you said at the start, Matt, this is the golden uh, time for basketball in the year. Yep. Uh, games are plenty and all sorts of stuff happening, people gluing their hands to the court and <laughs> or someone get dragged off by security during the Grizzlies. Yep. 
uh, Minnesota game. That, it looked sort of funny because the person just went limp, so they were literally dragged by the arms just yeah. slowly off the court and the camera just sort of panned away. <laughs> What's going on? The owner of uh, Minnesota there, he's done something. He uh, he killed fucking a whole bunch of chick, like a fucking warehouse full of chickens. They had chicken flu or something like all of them was sick. So, but instead of humanely like killing them, he just decided to fucking turn the heat up and they just fucking, he just roasted them alive basically in this fucking warehouse, like thousands and thousands of chickens. It sounds terrible. Like it sounds, what he did sounds terrible. Yeah, I and joke about it, but it's it's not cool. No, that would have been the most painful death to get fucking roasted alive. If like there's that. other options, more humane ways to treat animals, you, you got to do it. You can't be just yeah. But anyway, so people in 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 result to that, people are gluing themselves to the floor. People are chaining themselves to the basket. People are throwing themselves onto the fucking basketball court. What's next? Someone uh, hangs himself by the net. Well, how? Easy would it be to fucking sneak a few fucking water balloons full of paint or whatever into the thing, and then you just start throwing water balloons full of paint onto the court. To start launching that. Stop the ga- yeah, How, that would stop the game for hours. I think it would do. It would stop it for at least an hour. There's an idea for your protesters. There go you go. Yeah, there's one for free. <laughs> <laughs> Have that one if you want. Just remember where you heard it. All right, that's uh, that's from uh, the Garbage Time Guys for this episode. Uh, thanks once again to Frank. The Oracle, mate. Sorry about the Bulls. Wasn't going to progress, but, um, you know. You, you made the fucking playoffs, mate. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, overall, I'm happy with the season, except for, you know, probably the last couple of months. But you know what? It's uh, small steps and we'll get there again. Exactly. Yeah. And Matt, um, always a pleasure, mate. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, mate. Uh, hope everything... Uh, with. I can see a, a few episodes of Passive Aggressive coming out there. You're pretty busy with that as well. Oh, yeah, mate. So we keep uh, rolling on with that. A lot, of, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But as always, mate, it's a pleasure to speak to you. What a treat to speak to you guys about some basketball. Yep. And uh, we'll be back again to do it once round one is wrapped up and do some predictions for the second round and everything that comes up. I've rambled on long enough. So let's, uh, let's fuck off. Looking forward to seeing some highlights from the cum bucket. Go. Go, Jonathan. Come, <laughs> jeez, what a that's so bad. We hope he likes it. Yeah, that's enough from the the podcast, guys. We'll see you again next time. See you later. Yep. <laughs>